What's up, everybody? Welcome to Coliseum Classics, Episode 7, where we discuss the old school wrestling. This is a podcast that's dedicated to watching the World Wrestling Federation's old Coliseum home videos, and then we review and discuss them. And uh, today, we're joined by John, host of No Sold, a wrestling podcast. How you doing, John Boy? I'm feeling great. Ready to rage in the cage. You look like you're ready to rage in the cage. Speaking of cages, this episode, we're going to discuss Inside the Steel Cage. Again, this is a World Wrestling Federation Coliseum home video. Back in the day, the WWF would release uh, videotapes with sort of culminations. They would focus on certain superstars or, you know, do a theme. And the theme here is obviously steel cage matches. So we're going to get right into it. Um, John, I know you, like me, love that opening, the old uh, opening. The Coliseum, the, uh, the Coliseum opening with all the, the montage of the, the Coliseum itself, the Roman yep. Coliseum, and they mix it in with pro wrestling, like wrestling of the 80s, the random highlights. Um, yeah, we covered this on an earlier episode. and It's, it's just a great yep. intro. Get you hype. And yeah, and funny how like, you know, serious they treat it back then, you know, like not that, you know, wrestling can't be funny because it sure has been even, you know, stuff that we love. But like they treated this as professional wrestling at the time. They even called themselves wrestlers back then, which is uh, it, you don't even hear that anymore, really. Um, they're superstars in the WWE now. So this one is hosted by Gorilla Monsoon who we love and luscious Johnny Valiant, who we've talked about in the past. Uh, you know, he's not the worst, I don't think, but definitely, you know, would have been more hype if it was somebody else with Gorilla. How about you? Yeah, I felt the same. He, he head faked me for a minute because he looked like a Bobby with like a really bad disguise on just because like <laughs> the sequ the red sequin jacket and whatnot. But yeah, yep. once I found out it's luscious Johnny V, it's weird. We're going back. We've been watching all you know all the mid '80s, which I've been stuck in now. I feel like for years in '85, '86 range. But um, he he's growing on me a little bit because mm -hmm. I understand that he you know he had a great career before this kind of character in the WWF, and he's sort of um, over the top. But I, we don't get a lot of them on this show, believe it or not, on the tape. So we got small doses of luscious johnny v and it wasn't so bad not not the worst yeah as we go along they kind of swap in and out like on the commentary and stuff which was nice but i'm with you like i he does he's growing on me a little bit you know and i think it's once again too when you go back and you watch this stuff and you see how much fun these guys are having like it kind of puts a different like perspective on things and like how he's trying to be a bad guy and stuff that he says so I can at least appreciate that, but yeah, I would have been with you if it was if it was Bobby and Gorilla. Did you notice like I mean Gorilla wasn't always like this handsome man, but did <laughs> you notice up. like bro, like that gap in his teeth? Well, like, they went with an extreme close-up to expose it even more. It was yeah, a very man. weird camera angle. Like they sort of started tight on the face and panned back, and you could see like when you're really uptight, Gorilla was um look, man, he was a savage bloodthirsty beast as a pro wrestler Crazy. he wasn't a pretty boy yep. he wasn't one of these handsome guys 
And yeah. uh, here he is with a nice suit on, though. Did he always have that gap, though? Was it always that? Like, ex- did he? Like, it's just so. Yeah. It was so, like, extreme to me. I guess, like you said, because it was that big that close tight up, shot. But... Yeah. Yeah. It exposed. Yeah. And he's got uh... the ruffled. Uh, he's got the ruffled deal going on, like, with his suit. You the know, button, the button he's the down. man. I... Gorilla I is like, I like to think of him as the grandfather I never had. Oh, gorilla. Yeah. So I want to say really quick, though, um, speaking to yeah. what you said about them taking it seriously, that's a theme throughout this tape that I that I kind of noticed and I noted was the way they took the business seriously and took the like the contest seriously and the fans, how they took it seriously and how one how one will do the other. So if you treat wrestling like a joke, sometimes in the current day, we see that fans will reciprocate. Right. So. I completely agree. And like, we don't want to constantly compare them, you know, but like, I still think that you can retrain fans, you know, like all the veterans that are kind of fading away now in current wrestling, always tell everybody, slow down. And like, when you see the place pop for like an elbow or, you know, a knee lift, hitting somebody's head, yeah, anything putting somebody's head into a turnbuckle like once again man you can retrain everybody they just retrained us about title reigns with roman reigns you know no pun intended with the reigns but you know he's he has this crazy long uh title reign like they retrained us to that to where we're like oh he's never gonna lose yeah. you know so like i do think that they can still do that and the simplicity i agree and a lot of these matches it's beautiful it is sometimes less is more it's a cliche that rings true, especially in wrestling, in my opinion. So the first contest, they join it in progress. It's Andre, the Giant, taking on Big John Stud. Again, these are all going to be steel cage matches, so we're not going to reiterate that for every match. Um, joined in progress was a little disappointing for me. I like I like a full match. You also can't really get a proper review slash rating of matches in my opinion when you do that but um let's talk about the match a little bit one thing i did notice that was just a funny little thing for me um did you notice the referee um remind me sorry it was dick whirly oh yeah and that might not mean a lot to a lot of people listening but Dick Worley had a, a action figure. I'm sorry, he wasn't the referee for this one. It was the. Was he the ref? I got it. It's all either this me one here. or the second one. Yeah. It's either this one or the second one, but he was like, kind of like a muscly ref, and I always um, remembered him because they actually made a figure of him. They made an AWA Remco action figure of Dick Worley. Oh, funny. And he was like this buff referee. And like it was based on Dick Worley. I think he was just called referee, but just a weird little thing. Dick Worley had an action figure. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, probably one of the only refs in the history that had it. So let's talk about this one. What impressed you? What didn't impress you? Did you enjoy it? Uh, so, yeah, at the top of the tape, they they kind of show that it's going to be presented in its best form possible uh yeah so some of these matches are cut short i guess or joined in progress that may have been how it was on the original vhs 
I'll have to, um, you know, check that out myself. But as far as this match, there, look, you said we're not going to compare everything to the modern era, and and I'm going to try my best. But what I noticed is there's two giant, colossal men, and I was just thankful that there were no uh, meat chants by the fans <laughs> because, um, you know, nowadays they would probably just slap that in there. But, no, what I want to say is uh, Big John Studd being like a legitimate sort of threat to that giant moniker like he was coming for it in that day like i'm not so sure vince thought he could take over and be giant andre's replacement but stud for anybody that doesn't know was really a threat you know mm -hmm. to, to andre and to, to to eventually maybe hogan in his head i think uh stud would be a challenger in his mind to hogan in the title and all that stuff but um yeah i was impressed with some of the stuff that Andre was doing, no doubt, and we'll get to it. But mm -hmm. I, I want to ask you, um, escaping the cage and the WWF's way of doing that, like the drama and the thrill that it provides, it goes against, I guess, logic for some people because, like, why would you run away from your opponent? But what do you, where do you mm -hmm. stand on the escaping the cage? Yeah, it's funny you say that because I kind of had thoughts about that i'm like you know to me a steel cage match was always like that was it it was the brawl to end it all right like this is where we settle things like and like for the cowardly bad guy to want to escape like it made sense to me but like for the good guy that could like never get a hold of you now he's got you you're locked in this cage with me you can't escape and then i'm gonna run from you you know like it's whatever it's pro wrestling. Like we're not going to sit here and act like everything in wrestling makes sense. But um, yeah, I did think that I'm like, this is a, this is it, man. Like this is the end of the road. Like, don't you want to like end this guy? Why are you running from him? You know, like steel cage matches to me, if I'm thinking like plausibility, it should end when like, like a last man standing type thing or, you know, something like that. There's not even a referee in the steel cage at this point. Like they're yeah, outside. Right. But it's it is what it is. And it made for some really fun and interesting finishes, I thought, for this whole tape. There was a lot of like really cool creative stuff here that was super simple, but it was like, damn, that was pretty cool. You know, like it wasn't just like, you know, two guys hanging on the cage and one guy falls off, like we've seen a million times, you know. No, and that's when you compare once again to a modern steel cage, um, there's just such a choreographed aspect to modern steel cage matches where they can't wait to sort of get those spots in. Mm -hmm. And in this, this just resembled a struggle. This resembled like two guys that had it out for each other. And although you're saying like, you shouldn't have to run from your opponent if you're a baby face, I think some of these guys, like we'll see in Bruno, later on and andre here like they are at least punishing their opponent oh yeah before they take a hike you know they're not For just sure. like running out they're trying to actually yep. punish their their opponent and you know if you want to try to make sense of a thing like pro wrestling that i guess i pointed out but i do want to also say andre's simple knee lift was more devastating than like most of these super like intricate moves we see today because mm -hmm. A, the crowd reacted like it was the biggest thing ever. And the way that Big John Studd sold it. So it's just a simple knee lift. You said you can retrain yeah. the brain. And it's things like that. Like, 
and not tongue in cheek. Like MJF and Cole will use a double clothesline now, but it's tongue in cheek. It's mm-hmm. like almost satire that they're doing a double clothesline. This is just a simple knee lift and it, it, it worked wonders. And also, you know, we'll go, we'll go into more into the match, but um, what do you think about the shorter cage or were these guys just mammoth? Like, yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know. Um, I don't know if it was their height that it did look smaller and it's obviously not that WWF blue cage that we're used to. Cause this was, kind of still like the transition time for Vince Jr. taking over. Um, two things in this match. Um, first off, Andre the Giant, uh, we talk a lot when we go back and watch stuff retrospectively, just how we like find this new appreciation for wrestlers. And like Andre is at the top of the list for me. Like this is a guy that, you know, I when I grew up, he was kind of, it was done you know it was like he was past his prime you almost like felt bad for him Mm because he looked so like he looked in pain and stuff but in his prime andre man like first off he's so strong like he just picks up big john stud like and slams him like he's nothing dead weight it felt and then yeah that's what i'm saying like it just it looked legit like you said it looked like a struggle Mm -hmm. yeah and then um him going to the top was insane. Like to do the big like butt bomb. Not just the second one. Rope. This is the top rope. Top rope. Top rope. Andre not off the top rope. Like, and he does it. It looks great. And he doesn't hurt him at all. Mm-hmm. You can see how he holds it up, man. It still looks great. It looks like he smashes him, but like Bret Hart always says, like it was like a pillow, you know, landing on you. And like, to me, that's the art of professional wrestling, man. And like this simple match with two guys that didn't do a whole lot, went out, had the crowd in the palm of their hand and like had a really good match. It's crazy. Like the simple, the simplicity of professional wrestling is something that that I'll always love. Like the simple stuff that just pops the crowd like to no end you know and like it helps that there are two mammoths right like Mm -hmm. he was a spectacle andre the giant was a spectacle he was something to see you know but i really enjoyed it i enjoyed it so much and the pace was was great for me like allowing it allows gorilla to narrate you know what i'm saying and it, it allows uh those dead those that bit of dead time um for us to like hear the commentators and the crowd gorilla was so intense in this match at different times. Like he really sold the, um, the struggle, which I I was just, I I thought this was legendary to see um, Andre's movements in here, because like you said, we caught him towards the tail end and to see him moving around and the chance from the crowd, the Andre chance while he held studs ankle, trying to get him out uh, when stud was trying to escape simple. Once again, they're laying on the mat. One guy's holding another guy's leg, but the crowd is literally eating it up. And you said, like you said, the struggle, Mm -hmm. you know, like it, that's what it was like him pulling him in. Like that's a struggle. It's a real struggle. And there's the the pop for the body slam. Like you mentioned, it was a dead weight slam, but the crowd just loved it. And the big sit down splash, devastating, took care of them. Um, I think this just goes to show, and this whole tape for anyone that's watching or listening, you know, 
when you watch stuff from the mid 80s and you do compare it to today, like maybe it's lost on you, but it's really a preference of what you like, because like I said, the pace was great for me and there's still shows with slow burns. There's movies that are very, very slow and plotting. Some people will skip them. They'll just say it's not for me. I prefer there's movies I love this, this this movie, the tree of life, this movie, you know, 2001, a space odyssey. If you go watch these movies, they still hold up for me. They are slow, but you get wrapped up in them. And it's simple because wrestling is the same thing. It's a, it's a story. And if you could either tell it fast or you could tell it slow. And in today's day, it's very, it's very fast food driven, you know, like we just get it all in a quick, uh, quick bite, but I like this stuff and it reminds me of how much I like it because yeah, there's not a lot of action quote unquote, but we care more about the result or at least I do. It's not about it being a banger, but bangers I think are forgettable. The characters mm -hmm. and the stories are memorable and that's going to be like the theme, I think. Yeah. I mean, like you said, I think it's a preference thing. We've talked about it on end on, uh, Halcyon Classics and No Sold, where we talk about characters. Like, we have to be invested in what we're watching in books and movies and music. Like, I want to feel things when I see, when I read, when I listen. Like, I watched um, a video just yesterday. I don't know if you've seen this, like, viral video. It's Chad Smith from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, the drummer, and he's never heard a song by 30 Seconds to Mars, and he's just listening to it. And he's he's listening to it without the drums and he starts to drum along mm. and like I'm listening to this and I'm tearing up because I'm like, that's beautiful how much he is like attuned to music that he can pick this up and do it, you know, and this is a guy I don't even know, but like he got me invested and in like, that's what I want because he's I invested yeah exactly and he's like listening and he's like oh yeah it's in three and he starts drumming and i'm like that's just crazy man and, and it's awesome and like yeah man andre the giant big john stud two characters good versus evil super easy you know like everybody's a tweener i feel like in wrestling anymore and like call me old-fashioned i like to see the good guys win you know and in this yeah. that's what happens spoiler warning so Andre hits him with that big, I don't know what to call it, a butt bomb is what I'll go with. Uh, Bonsai takes drop, his almost. Time, you know, it, and this is where it kind of made sense to me. Like we talked about um, the steel cage, like you, you don't want to really run from your opponent, but Andre beat Big John Stud up so badly. He squashed him. He looked at him. He took his time and he walked out of the ring. Mm -hmm. It was like, you know, almost like dismissed, like get out of my face, bro. Like, so to me going in, I thought the same thing. I'm like, man, this is a steel cage match. These guys should want to tear each other apart. He did that. He incapacitate, incapacitated him so badly that he just was like, you're done, bro. I'm out. Mm -hmm. And He's Andre out. gets the big win. I do wish that we would have got the whole match because it makes it kind of hard to because we rate these, you mm -hmm. know, we go through and we we rate them. So what do you give it for a rating wise? So for this one, I had sort of gone through, like, I guess, categories in my head in terms of like, you know, investment, intensity, all that good stuff. And I came up with a nice solid 6.5 out of 10 
I think it was, you know, I wish there was that little chunk in the beginning so I could see studs sort of um, upper hand portion of the match, mm-hmm. if you will, because they it was it kind of came in and Andre was dominating. But yeah, um, six and a half out of ten, I think it was enjoyable and especially for what yeah. you were expecting, you know. Yeah, I gave it. I'm on the um, so let's equate this. Are we doing letter grades? I was gonna. I was doing out of five stars. Oh, we're all jacked up. All right, go to so go, go the that's star. All right. I can. I can just adapt. So my three point five out of five stars would be seven out of ten. So we'll Perfect. go seven out of ten for this one. We're right around the same. I think if this was a full match, it might have gotten one of the highest grades on the tape for me. I really did enjoy this. Uh, Andre, like I said, this is one that um, he's a guy that I kind of slept on, you know, and it's, I didn't, I just didn't see him in his prime and like going back and watching him in his prime. I definitely recommend it to the listeners. Like if you guys haven't done that, he was amazing, man. Like he is everything that everybody says about him and more when you hear all these old vets talk about him, there's a reason that he was the number one inductee into the WWF Hall of Fame. It's well-deserved, in my opinion. So yeah. the we go to another in-progress match. Mm. Andre the Giant versus Kamala. Shout out to Zern. Zern, a big Kamala fan. <laughs> um, you talked about the threat in the last match. This is... I always like these guys' chemistry. I thought Kamala was a threat to Andre. And I think that's the reason why I liked it. Again, he's a bigger dude. He was like this savage, you know, like, so you mentioned threat and that's immediately what I thought of. I thought about the next one. So let's, let's get into this a little bit. Andre, the giant versus Kamala. How'd you like their chemistry? Yeah. See, when you go back and watch Kamala and this one's with this with joint in progress again. So I, I don't yep. think it's going to work to, review it head to toe as in terms of a, of a grade we might have to give an incomplete here because it is such a short yep. skit two minutes or so but it's this the selling uh by kamala is borderline comical it's like um he's like a very slivery like sort of um twitching when andre's laying into him and i was like trying to get get beyond kamal's overselling so to speak but i do think um the way that they handled each other like once again the strength of andre like a scoop slam on this big like gondon giant like he's nothing you know and yep. then spoiler alert he hits that seated splash again he sure does i guess that was his thing man wow that's a top rope seated splash from andre the giant only stuff you think Insane. of in video games but andre's out yep. there doing it and um friday aka kimchi um out there trying to block the door what was the deal with um that name Friday? Like before Kimchi, two separate characters, right? Just help yeah, me. Yeah, I, I actually I don't know. Okay. Uh you know who would know that is Zern. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he would know that right off the top of his head, but I actually don't know. Um one thing too, um, they did mention like during this match, I don't know if you caught it, but Kamala actually beat Andre a week before. I don't know if you heard that part. No. How? They the count out? Um, he, he, beat, he beat Andre the Giant via count out one okay. week before this. So 
that's a big win for Kamala. Maybe Huge. his biggest win ever in the WWF. Um, yeah, like you said, kind of an incomplete. Um, mm-hmm. I do want to ask you um, I, if you yeah. caught if you caught the um, announcers mentioning Andre the French Giant. Over of course, over. of course, I did. Andre the French Giant, as they announced him as your winner. Spoiler: Andre does win this match. Like John mentioned, the big butt bomb once again. Uh, the strength of Andre crazy picks up Kamal like he's a little kid mm-hmm. and then that top rope like we said like a top Andre went to the top rope twice in two matches like crazy you guys got to look this up and check it out you can watch all these on Peacock by the way mm-hmm. um inside the steel cage but yeah this one it's hard to grade but we got to do it we're broadcast journalists so did you grade this one I'm a big incomplete I'm sorry. I just got to give it an incomplete right. two minutes. I couldn't. I couldn't rate it other than you know. I would just say, if you want to seek out the the Kamala finisher twice in a row, check it out. Drop it on Kamala yeah. and his strength. Uh, real quick, I got here that Friday was, you know, played by Steve Lombardi and a guy named Frank Dalton, and uh, this was before they switched it over to the Kim Chi character, but. Yeah, very interesting name. I'd love to know the origin, if if nothing else, and why they chose that. Yeah, name. and why why they changed it, and you why know? they changed it. Probably because that name to is a, terrible. But... To a Japanese, um, <laughs> yeah. call it? like a side dish, kimchi. Not a fan of kimchi, by the way. Not a fan. A l- of that. little bitter. Um. So, was Lombardi also kimchi? Yes. Okay. Eventually, Lombardi was so. kimchi. Yeah. Okay. Man, Steve Lombardi, what a what a career! Yeah. All right, so I gave it um, a five out of ten, average. Uh, I'm sure the whole match it would have got you know a higher grade. So it is what it is. Definitely cool still to see the athleticism, the strength, the presence of Andre the Giant. So for the third match, we're gonna get a full match here, John Boy. Our first full match on this tape. And I thought of you. Uh, no, I'm lying. This is not a full match. Right. The third match is joined in progress. Yes. It's an intercontinental championship match. It is the magnificent Morocco defending against Jimmy Superfly Snooker. John, this match has significance to a lot of people. But give me one big significance to what this match is. So, like you said, join in progress. And this this is really about the moment, the iconic moment. Yep. Because post-match, obviously, this match is over very quickly when we join in. Pro- but post-match, we get into the iconic Superfly Splash off the top of the cage. And what a lot of people might not realize is that this happened post-match they probably yeah. see that moment and think oh he got the big splash got the big win this is after don morocco cheated and got the victory and held on to that title and this is all post-match this iconic moment but this crowd i mean this moment this move basically blew the roof off of msg it, it, and that's not just folklore like you could hear it you could see it oh yes yeah this, yep. this was like nothing ever before and now uh, we're gonna get into um you know, and I don't want to be the dead horse with the modern stuff, but once you yep. up the ante to the point of no return, we can't, 
this splash now would would be met with like a couple this is awesome chance for 10 seconds then they forget about it this Mm. crowd there was a swell for five minutes after it happened that was like they were still in awe but sorry stole all your heat with this moment no not at all but that's iconic didn't that's not i thought you were going to give me what i was what i was asking for and i'll just give it to you brother this is the match that made Mick Foley want to be a professional wrestler. Mm-hmm. Mick Foley, Mankind, Cactus Jack, call him what you will, was in the crowd for this match. And this is the match when he says all the time, when he saw Snooka jump off that cage. And, you know, you talk about another holy crap moment. It's when Foley goes off the cage, you know. So this is it, man. This made Mick Foley want to be a wrestler just to put into like perspective of how big this moment was. And honestly, to me, like, it's still crazy. Like that's a long way down, man. And like, like you said, a lot of people just thought Snooka won, you know, via the big super flash splash, but that's not what happened. What happened was a uh, pretty cool ending. In my opinion, Snooka head him and Morocco falls right out of the, right out of the cage and Morocco, the magnificent one holds on to the coveted intercontinental championship. Mm-hmm. Um, Morocco, another one of these guys that when I go back and I watch him, like, man, what a talented dude, like funny, like good on the mic, crazy, like bumps. Did you see him do that one flipping bump in the corner? Mm-hmm. He can move like the, at this point still. Blair type. Yeah. Like, and he's like a big dude, you know? Um, Another guy that I really like when I go back and watch, I'm like, damn, Morocco was really good. And yeah, like you said, so Morocco gets the win. Snooker drags his carcass back in, climbs to the top of that cage. And man, what a thing of beauty, that super flash splash. Just a body splash. But what a thing of beauty. Thing of beauty. And, you know, I'm going to I'm going to just mention it one more time how desensitized we are now to if something like that happens, like. Nothing now can stir up this genuine emotion and excitement because it's all about like the crowd either expects or demands the highest of spots when they're like in matches like this. And then we move on to the next high spot. And it's it's a commentary on society, I guess, and how we just want instant everything. And like we don't relish in anything like we want. What's next? What's next? What's next? Right. But in this, Mm -hmm. he hit one splash after a suplex post-match. And after that one splash, the crowd, it just was like a nice buzz in, in the air. Mick Foley being in the crowd, taking the, I think that the story goes that he uh, either hitchhiked or caught the the subway last yeah. minute to get there by himself. And really, this meant a lot to him to see this match. And it's so cool to hear Foley tell the story about how it inspired him. And it's um, it's also cool because, okay, he grew up idolizing Snuka, but like really, he, he was nothing like Snuka, you know, like, <laughs> you know. He he he's he's went a whole different direction with his character, but um, so much. One thing though, he did uh he did wear that leopard print. He did. Was, was that kind of cool? I guess you know? Snuka maybe, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, you think about it. You know, why would he wear that? You know, I I I always thought of it as like this little homage to Snuka. Um, yeah, and right. listen, it's it's not an understatement to say that this match literally changed the life. You know. Nick it also Foley changed the business. To be a pro wrestler, for sure, for sure. Um, Would someone so else have deal. come along to do a spot like this? Probably ninety nine percent sure that they would, right? But yeah, 
Jimmy Snuka did it, and I think it changed. Somebody's going to point out that it happened probably, I guess, in, in you know maybe Mid South or or in NWA that somebody did something mm-hmm. similar. But on this stage in Madison Square Garden with this kind of audience, exactly. it was a big yep. deal. For sure. And like we talk all the time about like having that uh, exposure, you know, it, it does matter. Like, because, you know, the first ever ladder match, Razor Ramon and Shawn Michaels, that wasn't the first ladder match. But right. you ask anybody what the first ladder match was as a wrestling fan, nobody saw the ones in Stampede or, mm-hmm. you know, the house show ones that Brett had, you know. Right. Um, so, yeah. Brett and Shawn won. Do you remember that on one? Maybe we'll visit yeah. on one of these Coliseum tapes. Yep. Yeah. But well, yeah, like, that was nobody saw it, you know. Are you rating this uh moment, I guess, essentially? I am because, you know, it's if we didn't rate everything, I just feel like we're just going to have a bunch of incompletes and I didn't want that. I thought about it, believe me. But <laughs> overall, I gave this one 7 out of 10 because I did enjoy what I saw. I enjoy these guys a lot. I enjoy these guys specifically together. And that moment is just, that's one, that's an all-time moment, in my opinion. So, 7 yeah. out of 10. I'm I'm right there. I mean, uh, 8 out of 10, just because of the impact, the importance. And seeing it, it's not something I get. What's cool about seeing, seeing this again is the little nuances you pick up on. And like I said, the crowd. And just how, um, I guess, affected they were by this, just uh, like, feat of athleticism and how they hadn't seen it before and it really takes you to a simpler time and and it's just uh it's hard to shake that because you go back to the modern day here and you're just like man six flipping pile drivers later and they want another one they want you to do another one and it's it's just such a shame that as society we i mean it's not a bash on the modern day completely but it's you know it was cool i love that moment yeah I mean, like you said, it's just where we're at in life now, you know, it's like instant gratification, you know, remember like back in the day, like you would order food just as an example and it, you know, it might be an hour and it's like, all right, well, you know, it's just going to get here when it gets here. And now it's like, you know, you're looking out the window, if it's (laughs) not there in 30 minutes, you know, you get it, you order something and you look at the tracking number and you're updating the tracking every 30 seconds you know like like you said it's just on to the next one and i i agree with you it is like kind of a commentary on society of where we are right now but it is what it is man it's what it is either roll with it or get left behind right but we can do what we do in life we you and i like i don't know when i order something i'm not looking at my tracking every Mm. 30 seconds it'll get there when it gets there Unless it's for my business, you know, right. obviously I'm a little more, but like if I order, I don't know, like a, a shirt, like I'm not going to up update, you know, the tracking all the time and stuff like that. It's just, it yeah. is what it is. Take it's a minute. Are now. Take a minute. Yeah, exactly. Everything's a process. Like they say, man. So good. Yeah, smell the roses. Stop and smell the roses, you know, because like enjoy the moments while they're while they're here you know Mm -hmm. and stop like you know even when you know we live in this like instagram age where you know you're you go out with sharon right and like instead of you guys i'm just saying because i know you're in sharon like you guys go out and like you enjoy your time and blah 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 but like 
you don't need to take a picture of your food and then take a picture of where you're at and take a picture of you guys together and then take a picture. You're losing everything. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And like, I think that it's, it's how wrestling is today. You know, it's, you didn't see too many uh, cell phones in that, in that match with us no. and Morocco. Did Cer you? Cer certainly not, but I'm sure there were plenty, plenty of uh, flash photographers that day. Flash that bulbs. A, hey, that adds yeah, to the moment, was, by the way. Oh, 100%. For sure. Huge. Um, yeah. So I so, I'm excited yeah, to get to this is, next uh, one though. Welcome to two old guys review wrestling. <laughs> hey man, welcome. This next one, this is it, John. This is the one. This is our first full match. I thought of you. Because uh I thought you'd be into this one. It is the Macho Man Randy Savage and the adorable one, Adrian Adonis, taking on Tito Santana. It's Chico McMahon and Bruno, the living legend, San Martino. Um, Bruno's another guy, man. As time goes by, I'm like, wow, you how good Bruno. was this dude? You know, I do. I love Bruno. Uh, I love, and Bruno. obviously Macho Man, my second favorite wrestler of all time. So let's get into this wow. one, John. How'd yeah. you like? How'd you like this full match? I love, love, love that, that we're getting a the full steel match. Page. Inside the steel cage, we're getting a full match, and we're getting a, a match I didn't expect to get. So that that's already a, a positive. And then you start to look at the teams, the way they're um, like is constructed, and the charisma and pizzazz of the characters, like the Macho Man and Adrian Adonis, in contrast to No Frills, Bruno, and sort of subtle Tito, because I don't think Tito, as charismatic as he could be, uh, he didn't necessarily have the charisma or like uh i guess pomp and circumstance we'll call it of macho man and of adrian adonis so i love that i mean you add in lord alfred on the commentary here for a little bit of a different take and that always helps class up the joint you know sort of and i just think it was cool seeing savage rubbing elbows with bruno and i think it's an underrated aspect of his early career you know the young stud disrespecting the older led older legend never goes yep. out of style so I was into it. Yeah, and we'll see later on with Piper too, Bruno. I actually, um, I don't think Bruno gets enough like credit for that, you know, because everybody kind of painted Bruno as like this, uh, you know, once the rock and wrestling era came in, they were like, oh, well, you know, Bruno didn't like that. And like, he didn't like Hogan and blah, blah. And I'm like, well, that might be true, but like, on the way out, like, look at him. He's he's given the rub to Mach and Adonis. And then later on, he gives the rub to Piper. Like, they had a whole thing on Piper's pit where he made Piper look, you know, like a million bucks. You know, we've, we've watched that and talked about that forever. Um, so that's one thing about Bruno, besides being, like, one of the most over dudes ever to grace Madison Square Garden, because these, these fans lose their whole mind for this guy um whenever he's in the garden really wherever he is but especially msg but i'm with you like the cool um interesting like chemistry of these two teams first off macho man and adrian adonis we didn't see that a whole bunch so that was cool to see and then tito i think you mentioned it on a previous episode of coliseum classics how if tito's on the card he's probably going to be the best match you've i'm pretty mm -hmm. sure you were the one who oh, said yeah. that um so 
yeah, I, I enjoyed this one a lot. I thought there was some really cool spots. Um, once again, Adrian Adonis on top of the cage. Like crazy. Damn near killed his knee, by the with, way. Yeah, like insane. Goes for the big splash. Bruno rolls out of there. Um, but this is, you know, so long ago, and these guys are doing this. And uh, it was still, see, you say desensitized, but like I saw that. I'm like, wow, that was crazy. Well, you know, that like, and also every match on this tape, almost every match, somebody's getting color. Somebody's busted yep. and, and Tito was busted in this one. And yeah, you know, desensitized, but yeah, still watching some of this stuff. You know what? This stuff felt more gritty and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, like real, I guess you could say, quote unquote. But the less is more thing isn't just a saying. And we prove it again here. This is a tag team match tag team cage match which could be a high spot cluster f in this day and age because it's all so choreographed yeah. and we got 16 spots written down before we go out there this was two guys for lack of a better word just brawling and kicking each other's asses and trying to like get the win and and you know um that was the story they were telling but yeah seeing andre or i'm sorry adonis almost kill his knees from 15 feet up was like bro take it easy <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's that's where we don't need to do that that was a little much and like you said about the realism too like there was a struggle in this match you know like them always trying to escape the cage like that always represented a struggle it wasn't just like oh he's gonna go up and then he's gonna kick him off and like there was an actual struggle like you you felt like there were stakes in this match and once again it was um the two like kind of flamboyant like jerk bad guys against these like no frills heroes and i thought it made for like a good recipe for a good match um i thought the ending was neat how uh match was on top of the cage and he got pulled off mm -hmm. into adrian adonis and then um bruno went out the door and tito went over the top like both of them escaped like simultaneously i thought that was pretty cool um i really enjoyed it um like I, I said, I think the yeah, I think the chemistry was there. Like the two, like I said, chicken shit bad <laughs> guys taking on these like because Bruno's a man's man, dude. Like he was gonna go in there and uh kick ass. So what'd you rate this one? Our first full match. First full match part. is first full match is uh is a good one for me. Eight out of ten. I think this was you know everything I want when I'm watching mid eighties. And once again, I'm grading this on, on the scale of mid eighties pro wrestling, WWF sure. wrestling, which I love. This is not WrestleMania. Yeah. This is not SummerSlam. It's yeah. uh, a house show in MSG where they have a tag team steel cage match. So eight out of 10, I think, you know, I have one complaint or critique, I guess. Who am I to critique the great Bruno San Martino? But I think at the end, there was a slight no sell by Bruno mm -hmm. where he kind of runs out the kid. They went through this grueling brawl of a battle and he runs out of like from the ring yeah. to the cage. And he's uh not selling the best on the way out of the match. Mm -hmm. If there's one small critique, but I was going to say your um, praise of Bruno working with macho man and, and, and Piper, but him getting the victories that would be met with a lot of um, internet backlash today. Right. If like the veteran. Oh yeah. I'm sure beat, beat the youngsters. I mean, isn't that what we do though? Like that's mm -hmm. what the internet's for, right? Right. 
So if he doesn't, if he does win, you know, half the people are going to be pissed off. And if he doesn't win the other, you know, it's right. a no win situation. You know, we, we talk about it all the time. These fickle wrestling fans. <laughs> um, and who knows, like I might be right there if I was watching back in the day, cause I love the macho man, you know? And like, if he beat my dude, I'd be like, this old man just beat my guy. But like, I don't know, it's storytelling. And he certainly wouldn't get the last laugh on all these guys, right? Like, right. I don't know. Um, what you rated? I thought that match, I rated an exact 8 out of 10, just like you. Nice. I gave it four stars, which equates into an 8 out of 10. So our first full match, and that was my highest rated so far. Imagine that. Give me a full match, and I'm going to get more involved in it. Speaking of full matches, just kidding. This is another joined in progress. This one is for the Intercontinental Championship, the aforementioned Tito Santana taking on Greg the Hammer Valentine, the current champion in this one. Um, this is another tandem whose chemistry I always enjoyed. Um, I know you're not like the biggest hammer guy, but I always thought they're I don't know. There was something about this feud that I always dug. And I don't know, maybe it was that um intensity because uh Tito was intense, man. Like, you know, besides being like a good technical wrestler, he could get intense with it um in his early days, you know. So uh yeah. I was looking forward to this one. Unfortunately, we didn't get a full match, but let's get into it. Did you like um I know you're not a big Valentine guy. No. As uh, Ronnie Ronnie Garvin will call him Greg the Hammer Valentine. Time. So give it to me M. straight. Let's get so it. another you, another joined another joined in progress, which um hurt a little bit. This is from uh July 6th of 1985. I just I looked it up from Baltimore, Maryland. So we're out of Madison Square Garden. We're in Baltimore. And <clears throat> You know, like you said earlier, it's it's usually a final showdown having a cage match, settle things once and for all. And um these two these two guys had a hell of a rivalry. Like I think cage match, straight up match, brawl, technical classic. I mean, these guys could work really, really well together. And you know, hearing Gorilla and, J and Johnny Valiant doing some play by play over the I think this was like a re-recorded type of commentary. It wasn't like mm -hmm. in um it felt a little i guess artificial or something like that yeah but as far as the work in the ring look tito you said it like he could be really aggressive as well like he he kind of looks like such a nice guy but he could lay it in man and and he was tough as nails yeah i guess you had to be in this time so with all that said i really liked it it was a little dark you know for the three minutes or so we got to this match the footage was pretty dark you know but um yeah I, I don't know under this circumstances and whatnot i don't think it was uh terrible yeah um the finish came when uh tito was i'm sorry greg valentine was going through the door tito slams it on him mm -hmm. kicked it tito gets face. out of there yes tito santana your new intercontinental champion and fun fact so Greg Valentine, after the match, destroys that Intercontinental title. Mm -hmm. And Tito Santana was the first one to ever wear that classic Beautiful. Intercontinental title that we hold in such high uh, esteem. So 
there's a bit of trivia for you guys. Tito Santana, the first ever one to wear that beautiful title that uh, is no longer around. <laughs> Cody Rhodes tried to bring it back, but, you know, they like Cody, Cody also now. Cody also said before last year's WrestleMania that once he wins the title, he's going to bring back the winged Eagle. And, you know, that didn't happen. It didn't so. happen. But listen, his heart's in the right place. Well, it's in the it's in the best know. place, Cody. Uh, so, what'd you rate this thing? It was a, it was a quick. I rated this. It was a quickie, and uh, you know, quickies can be good sometimes, John. As far as wrestling matches, of course. So I gave this one a five out of ten. Nice average. I think once again, if I had the the whole pie rather than a slice, I'd I'd definitely be more into it. Um. Like I said, I do love their chemistry, man. I'm I'm a big Greg the Hammer Valentine fan. Mm. And uh, he's a guy that I like him because he is no frills and people might not like that about him. Like um, he's talked about it. I've watched an interview with him where he says like he never liked like the high flying stuff because it, it didn't make sense to him because they're in a fight, you know, mm. and that's something that we've complained about on end where a lot of these guys um, are doing like weird stuff that doesn't make sense in a fight. So like, that's a reason that I like him. He, he, he laid it in, but he was safe and it always like seemed like they were in a fight. Um, so I dug it. What'd you, what'd you grade it? Yeah. I was a nice solid four out of 10 Bret Hart style, four out of okay, 10 yeah. short, sweet. You get the new champion. You get the the uh, in the new incarnation of the title, which I yeah, hold as one of my favorite title designs of all time, easily. Yep. And you know we got a moment there, and that's usually what wrestling's about. You know, whether you have those bangers or not, the moments stand out and last forever. And uh, yep. this is what we got. We got a moment. And that was the old IC title with the red WWF logo on it, which I kind of like. Which they, yeah, I think that's actually the one that I own. That's right. Um. I got it for that reason because Mach held the red one. Mm-hmm. So I I'm pretty sure it was only um you guys can correct me in the comments if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that it was only Tito and Savage that ever had the one with the red WWF logo on it. They're the but, only two I can remember. Yeah, I've been wrong before. It's happened probably once in 46 years, but <sighs> hey man, correct me if I'm wrong. So yeah, that was a nice one. Um Again, these are two guys that I'll always like definitely stop what I'm doing to check out. Tito's another guy, man, that like I kind of saw, you know, after the fact, El Matador and all that stuff. So seeing him in his prime and like um it's a it's a privilege. Now, on to a WWF title match. WWWF. WWWF. Isn't that what I said? <laughs> pretty much throw three w's in there and then an f that's what we got w w w w f champion this is live from the city of brotherly love did you catch that I Philadelphia, sure did. pennsylvania this, this i sure did our uh our stomping grounds as bruno san martino the living Go. legend defends against georgie animal steel a guy who uh, he's creeping up there for us. We didn't know about the savage side of the animal. We talked about it on one of the 
other uh, Coliseum Classics videos. I don't know if you remember, but oh, we were I sure impressed do. by by Steele's heel work. So once again, unfortunately, this match is kind of caught up. Um, I thought it was funny, you know, Bruno, the ultimate good guy. That's another guy that I look at as like an old grandpa. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't, <laughs> I only had one uh, pop-pop growing up. So like, I didn't really have grandparents. So like, this is what I cling to. Yeah. Monsoon and Bruno San Martino are my old grandpops. So uh, I thought it was very cute that he was like out there shaking hands through the cage. Did you catch that? Oh yeah. The beginning? Man of the people. Like, like a gentleman, you know, no, all no class. high fives out here. Yeah. The classy handshake through the cage. I thought that was cool. And then here comes this animal to the <laughs> ring. Literally. So uh yeah, I know you've become a big fan of George Animal Steel, his uh his work as a heel. So let's get into this a little bit. Yeah. So we did the villains of the squared circle. I think it was episode three of Coliseum Classics, and we we got treated to a Pedro Morales George Animal Steel brawl, bloodbath, intense sort of um blow the roof off the the arena type of match which once again the simple storytelling and that's what we got here with george Steele, essentially i mean brutalizing bruno for this joined in progress match um but we get to see george the animal unleash this like savage side of himself and not so much the silly guy that we would see when we started tuning in you know this is another example of bruno and we're going way back here this is like early 70s i think for this mm -hmm. match so bruno was still like we said champion in the midst of a long yep. long title reign and he needed heels you know and this one george the animal was was uh up to the task and i think a guy that's getting forgotten about as the years go by because of the like he's an afterthought in some ways because the body hair, the biting the turnbuckle. He had a gimmick. He like he had silliness to him. But this is an example. You go back and watch the real work of the guy. I think you plug him in today and he'd be the most intimidating heel in all of wrestling. Yeah. Legit. Yeah. I mean, and what does that say, though? You know, like for today's product, once again, not to shit on it, but like. Because he wasn't even like this big guy, you know, he's kind of average sized for a pro wrestler. Um, and uh, yeah, it's funny because like I enjoy this version of him, but you say forgotten, and I don't know that that's particularly true because like I think that guys like around our age, you know, like who maybe aren't even wrestling fans would be like, oh yeah, the guy with the green tongue, and he would like. You know, I think that characters have to evolve. And towards the end of his career, he wasn't threatening anymore. He's an old man, you know. But I do think that was smart by Vince. I'll give Vince credit here because, like, you know, he's, what, in his 50s? I don't know how old he was when we finally saw him. But, like, him coming out and, like, having, like, the doll with him and, like, you know, that nice guy, like, you know, um, trying to take care of Elizabeth eventually. Like, I think that was a good evolution of his character for mm -hmm. just where, you know, what he became, you know, like, because he was an older dude then, you know, but back then, for sure, this is my favorite incarnation of him. But I do think that it was smart of Vince to be like, well, this guy, can, we can still, 
he has use still, you know, maybe because like he's not beating Hogan. Right. You know what I mean? At that time, like he's small, like he's an older dude. But I thought that that was smart of Vince. And I actually thought about this watching him. So I'm like, man, like he's a ruthless like villain here. But I do think it was cool that he was able to elongate his career by doing that, you know. And I think that's a credit to him as a character and as a, uh, I don't want to say an actor, but, you know, a pro wrestler. An act. Yeah. Vince. So what we're seeing here on this tape is pre Vince McMahon Jr. kind of taking the reins. So you're getting this brutal version of um, George Steele that was like a, a legit animal. Vince wanted to like humanize him. And I think mm -hmm. Vince was really good at trying to do that. You know, sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't, but he would take these guys. I mean, gorilla is an example, but he would take these guys that were absolute, you know, just, um, I guess beasts and he would turn them into humans and he would try to add an element of comedy. Sometimes I guess sometimes it was over the top. I remember there were some shots of, um, George Steele getting like, the shock treatment on some Tuesday night Titans. And it was like the doctor, you know, it was all like a big kind of comedy skit, but mm -hmm. yeah, he did elongate his career with the, with the uh, later stuff, whether that was Vince or not. I just think this version of George Steele is kind of forgotten. And, and that's unfortunate. You know what I mean? It would be like, oh, yeah. you know, because that's, that's the version that I'm sure he, maybe not he, but like, this guy was a legit threat, you know, it's he wasn't just mm -hmm. a sideshow or a side act or like a carny, you know, like a random like yep. it's like a, a skit, you know, he had actual um, value as a as a wrestler and as a worker. Yeah. And yeah, I think it was it's cool to see it. It's cool to see him once again, you said at the top, take it seriously. And um, for all the entertainment stuff that came later on, like I have a special place in my heart for that, too. All the stuff with Elizabeth and getting mixed up with savage and steamboat and all that's all good stuff but um it's cool it's just a new wrinkle in the steamboat uh lineage that i didn't know really until we started mm -hmm. doing this so or i'm sorry the george Steele. i know you know yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah so i i, now, like I agree yeah i agree but you know here's where we come in right with coliseum classics we're here to remind people that you know this guy did have layers to his character he wasn't always just like you know, silly character, not that it's right or wrong, but like he had a long career, you know, um, and he was, he had range, you know, which mm -hmm. is, uh, we always say to be great in pro wrestling, what do we say? You got to be able to do both, you know, and how many guys have done good and bad both very well, you know, it, there's not a lot, but the ones that did are the all time greats when you think about it. And the and greats, you mentioned they commit to it. And that's one thing yep. that I don't see a lot today is they're just in between. They're they're not committing to one mm -hmm. thing or one character or one gimmick. And George Steele was all in as the savage, brutal, evil, nasty heel. And then he was all in as the sort of brain dead, crazy, funny guy, like funny guy later on. So like commitment, just like in acting, it's important in wrestling. You don't see enough of it now. Everybody's in between. They don't know who they are. Yeah. Well, and I think, too, like, everybody wants to be cool, you know, mm -hmm. like, now you'll see, like, a good guy, <clears throat> excuse me, a good guy comes out and insults the bad guy, and he just kind of laughs it off, you know, um, I'm going to pick on Edge a little bit right now, because I'm not the biggest Edge fan, 
So I don't know if it was yesterday or the day before. I watched stuff early in the morning. And I put on something with Edge and, uh, oh, I know exactly what it was. It was ECW. It was one night stand when, uh, you know, remember when it was 2005, I believe, and JBL was there and like they're sitting up top and they're insulting Pauly and then Pauly, you know, fires back at him. And both of those guys, man, like, he says something to Edge about Lita, Edge right? Cool about guy, Matt Hardy. About Matt Hardy. And then JBL, same thing. You know, uh, Paulie cuts a really good promo and like JBL, like, no sells it. You know, once again, I'm like, that's not what you do, man. Like, <laughs> you sell it. You should be furious that this guy said that. And like that cool guy stuff, like, bothers it's been going me on a so while. Badly. It has, man, for decades. It's and, definitely because like, that was 2005. Case. That was right. 2005, and they're doing it. They still do it today. You know, like guys still getting sold, and they're like, "Oh, they like roll their eyes or make fun." And it's like that's not what you do. Mm-hmm. Whatever. But one thing, like you said, the commitment. Uh, you know, to characters. Look at Gold Dust, dude. He was Dusty Rhodes' son, the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, like one of the greatest of all time and he completely disassociated with that and believed in this new character and look what he did he's a hall of famer first ballot because of because of that character not because of dustin Rhodes, because of gold dust you know and like what he's done after god bless him he's been around forever i love dustin but the point is he's not in the hall of fame without gold dust because he committed because he believed in it and like you said that's why george Steele did it great both ways yeah we're out here crowning george animal steel that's where we're at <laughs> that's where we're at i'm gonna so, crown it with a nice 7.5 out of 10 for what we got woo, i liked it I, listen i just I, like the brutality of you know bruno's comeback was cool to me the crowd like they believe in their hero and it's just a simple formula to go versus evil. I'm always going to suck that right up. I love it. You given uh you given high grades is why I'm here. A higher grade than me. I gave it a five out of ten. Fair. Once again, when it's all cut up, it's hard for me to get into. I did think there were super cool spots, but uh, you know, it is what it is. Make me on believe. Next- I believed. I believed Bruno was in danger, and I'm yeah. like, damn, that title's yeah, on the line. I know you ain't losing it, but you still, yeah had me guessing once again the threat you know the threat of oh shit maybe they're gonna you know maybe this is the night you know (laughs) right so here's a here's another one uh featuring bruno this is bruno san martino taking on that rowdy scott rowdy rowdy piper one of your favorites of all time i believe he's top three number two only behind brett it's brett number number two behind brett not too shabby. Um, <laughs> no. Roddy Piper, of course, this uh, this awful bad guy comes in wearing a Chicago Bears T-shirt to the Boston Garden. <laughs> uh, for those that don't know, the Chicago Bears defeated the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl. So uh, Piper comes in. He's He's got the Bears shirt. He's got the William the Refrigerator Perry poster. <laughs> He's got a uh, Jim McMahon poster. I almost said Vince McMahon. Um, (laughs) 
So, of course, getting all the heat. You can call it cheap heat, but these people wanted him dead. Uh, mm. John Boy, were you excited to see your boy, the rowdy one? Oh, man. This is... uh. This was just this uh, this surprise, I guess you could say, because you said Savage and Bruno rubbing elbows. Now you get Piper and Bruno rubbing elbows. And we we got the great segment with them before, like you said, Piper's pit. The payoff, I, I never really felt like I got it when I was younger to see them to like duke it out in the match and especially a steel cage match. So seeing this on this Coliseum video was awesome in Boston Garden, February 8th, 1986. Hey. How's that? It's a birthday of somebody I know. <laughs> That's a birthday boy. Um, nineteen eighty-five was it? You said eighty-six. Eighty-six. Okay. Yeah. Because the Bears won in eighty-five. Right. Yeah. Interesting. So this so is he was, um, still, he was still rubbing that in, still milking that. That was like but... a year later. Yeah, that was like a year later. You figure. Yeah, unless uh, or or does that is it? It, it carries over eighty-five. 86. Okay. Yep. So that makes sense. It was fresh then. All right. Mm -hmm. They probably just won it then. Okay. Yeah, Super Bowl 20. First Super Bowl I ever watched, by the way. Super Bowl 20. Hmm. Yep. There First you go. One I ever watched. Yep. That's or 10. I'm sorry. Yeah. Was it 20? 20. I have no idea. I don't don't ask me to name those weird 20, I believe it was. Symbols. Yeah, the Roman numbers. <laughs> so Bruno yeah, that makes though, sense. 20 makes sense, yeah. Yeah. Uh well, we should mention Piper, like I guess with the posters hanging up those posters. Bruno throws them right into them. Um kind of gets it off right away. Bruno's full throttle and get gorilla and Jesse on this, which enhances any match anytime. hundred percent. Yep. And I just think it's just very cool to see these two locking up. I, I can't tell you how happy I was to see this on this tape. And I thought they could have been a tag team with their gear, with their blue tons, yeah. but that's beside <laughs> the point, you know, yeah. we're in the same gear, but Hey, that happens back then. Um, Piper though, it busted open way too much than it should mm -hmm. actually because we talked about it uh on no soul like you know i forget what it was i think it was kane and angle right when they fought and like kurt's wearing red it's like bro yeah of all the things blue, you can do blue, tonight you know? yeah you yeah. got a whole gear closet full of gear i do want to pick on my uh second favorite wrestler of all time right now and, oh. and it's only because i call like i see it i just shoot it straight i'm a straight shooter um busted open early by by bruno or so it would seem as we we peel the curtain back i rewound this three times because i'm not necessarily picking on piper but like the older you get you want to see how did he get busted open right and i don't always want to reveal the rabbit out of the hat but we just saw this <laughs> viral video of cm punk bleeding and i didn't like it you know i really didn't like seeing that and it's a shame that the fans want to expose that stuff i get it it, it made its way but um it was awful to see uh, and only because you see what these guys put themselves through. And mm -hmm. and um, I didn't like seeing that visual of CM Punk blading and cutting himself under the table. But with this one, Piper did it smack dab in the middle of the ring, standing up <laughs> after he gets thrown into the kick. But it's very quick. So I would also compliment him. He does a yeah. quick little slang mm -hmm. and he, it was just so instant. And I'm like, man, that was crazy, dude. You're in the middle of the ring. Like the whole crowd's watching. You're not yeah. even concealing it or anything. Different times, different place. Um, it's crazy. hard to, you know, in the cage because you can't go to the outside. You can't crawl under the apron. Right. He probably thought, I would assume that the cage itself would be enough to like right. at least keep the crowd 
in attendance there from seeing it. Um, and he's always flailing around his arms anyway. So yeah. as he's flailing the arms, he just kind of does a quick yeah. thing. And then he's just on the yeah. ground and he quickly peel the curtain back for a second, only because that's why at this point, you know, we're watching this stuff so many years later. I just I thought that was interesting. But their brutality of this match, Bruno beat the heck out of Piper he early did. on, like a yeah. litter knockdown drag out between these two. Yeah. What do you Once think, though, again, of Piper's, like you said, um, the believability? Yeah. What do you think of Piper's, um, you know, he's never been one for like, I guess, fluid, perfect Kurt Henning style movement in that ring. Yeah. But the way mm -hmm. he sells is like so original and you see a lot of Moxley in him and whatnot or what vice versa. Moxley yeah. takes over Piper yep. after Piper. But like it's such a erratic, unpredictable style. And I always love that about Piper's because every match is different. And his selling is like the highlight of this match early on, the way he's sort of just taking this beating. And like, he looks like he's, you know, just going to bleed to death out there or something. <laughs> I I 100% agree. And I think that this is the type of match that Piper excels in, you know, these like brawls. Because like you said, He's not like this crazy um, technical wrestler, you know, um, but his selling, I've said it before about Piper and I said it the day he passed away. We talk about all the time, like to be one of a kind, to be original, there will never, ever be another Rowdy Rowdy Piper. And I'm not saying that it's not to be like, I'm not trying to be corny or anything like that. I honestly believe that he is one of one and there will never be another. You can be a great technical wrestler. You can be like a strong guy. You can have the best body, et cetera. But like he was so original. Who, who spoke like him? There was no nobody that spoke like him. It's who all original. Like him at the time. Yeah. It's like he was. And like, it's crazy because like, how do you even like come up with this? You know, like, all of his catchphrases, you know, like the stuff that he would say, like my favorite, just when you think you have all the answers, I change the questions, like all this stuff, man, like just, and a lot of it was just off the top of his head. You know, he would just say stuff and do stuff. And I just, there will never be another Rowdy Rowdy Piper. And I'm with you. I agree. Um, As far as like, what a cool matchup, because it's, it's two eras, dude. Mm-hmm. Like it's Bruno's era and Hogan's era facing off, you know? And I think it, like you said, it was cool to see the payoff of the feud. Um, Cause Piper got the better of him in the Piper's pit segment, you know, like Bruno had him, but he was like, ah, get out of here. And he turned his back, you know, turn your back on the rowdy Scott, you know? Mm -hmm. So he gets taken out. And then this was Bruno's comeuppance. So I thought it was cool. Um, I don't know if this was like the end of it. I don't, you would know better than me because you're. Yeah, I think this was. For guy. I think, I okay, think this was so, the, the end of it here. But what I, I just liked. Um, you know, one, go ahead. I just, uh, I popped when, <laughs> when he took the poster down, when Bruno took the poster down and shoved it down Piper's butt. Yeah, <laughs> tried to shove it in the tights. What an insult. Oh, man. I cracked up. I popped for that. Go ahead. What an insult. No, I was going to say when they were struggling to, to get to that door, the fight for the door, 
and oh, just yeah. um you know the, the slugfest bruno's they, they were just i thought the way piper i guess they say these terms in wrestling and you don't always know what they're talking about or what they're referencing but like they'll say okay go out there and sell but don't die you know i've heard pat patterson say that or whatever and but here like piper's selling like a mofo but he never dies he's still he's still like a threat you know what i'm saying and he's oh, yeah. still he's still biting at the cut of bruno he's still it's like a real fight you're gonna scratch you're gonna claw you're gonna bleed but it's not violence for the sake of violence it's not let me get an uh, uh, what do you call it shock value moment of mm-hmm. i love john moxley but the skewer thing i'm like okay other yeah. than the visual that creates does it really make sense in this match or did you just pull a prop out to perform for the audience that's what it is mm-hmm. you're performing whereas in this match they're fighting they're actually trying to win the match and i just thought it was cool piper was uh as strong as you could be against a living legend and he looked like he belonged and you know i want to point out bruno two years younger than chris jericho in this match wow. <laughs> currently isn't that, isn't that crazy well like they say you know 40 is the new 30 yeah um did you notice i thought one thing that was really funny the light up bruno sign oh yes that was there in the yeah. arena they yeah. were chanting bruno and it was lighting up uh light bright style like and then uh, exactly yeah yeah that's what it reminded me of so the end of the match there's a low blow by bruno san martino the living legend it's uncharacteristic but listen anything goes in the steel cage match um it's also a uh receipt if you a receipt i believe because piper low blowed him earlier i think they also traded uh piper spit in his face or something didn't bruno spit back at him later on yeah listen uncharacteristic man it is, but these steel cage matches, it's the end of the line. Bruno knew that, so he had to do whatever he had to do. I thought the ending was cool. Like you said, there was that threat still. Like, you know, this is Bruno San Martino. Like, this is the dude just, you know, a year or two before. So, like, for Roddy Piper to get in there with, like, one of the biggest at that time, still, in my opinion, one of the greatest of all time, but... um at that time to get in there with the guy that held the title for whatever seven years like and to be close to beating him like that's a big deal for piper so they obviously thought highly of him at the time um i thought the ending was cool when you know bruno's trying to crawl out piper's holding on to the end and bruno picks that wooden chair up takes him out is able to crawl out of there that's it man oh yeah he that's hits him rat. right and then piper shatters it post-match sorry yep yeah yeah afterwards yeah yeah bruno would never no he's a gentleman gentleman so bruno escapes listen man anything goes man turn turn takes a a great classy man turns him into a just a common street thug look at piper what he did to him that's another cool story thing you know what Mm -hmm. i mean like it was almost like um remember when like was it bray wyatt was trying to turn john cena bad remember Mm -hmm. that stuff Mm mm-hmm like that was cool like and that's what piper got out of it on and unfortunately it didn't work out in his favor the living legend bruno san martino able to escape the steel cage and gets the win over your second favorite wrestler of all time (laughs) rowdy rowdy piper now you are a broadcast journalist Mm -hmm. i know your boy just lost but you got to give me a you got to give me a number rating for this one well 
I'm going to give you a number rating and we're grading it on the Coliseum video, Coliseum classics inside the steel cage scale. And with that, it's a nine out of 10 for me because look, right. it was nine minutes. So I'm going to give you a star for every minute or a point for every minute because I enjoyed the Listen, hell out of it. I love you know it. I, mean? I, I want you to enjoy it. I loved it. And I, I mean, it just shows you what Bruno did for Piper. It shows you what Piper got out of this. It also really made you appreciate these hidden gems, these these classics to see uh, Piper and Bruno lock it up, rub elbows. I loved every second of it. And I also loved the story they told. It's not that hard. We overcomplicate it now. There was uh, John Cena came back to fight Austin Theory at WrestleMania. It did nothing for Theory. It did nothing for Cena. Nope. It was forgettable. Nope. It was it was a it was a zero, you know. And um, this and they overcomplicated it with promos and stupid crap on the way there. And this was just two men duking it out about respect. And I loved it. What do you think of it? Am I overrating it? Probably. Um, I don't. I don't think you are. Um, but like a nine out of ten would be like. I know what you're saying. You have to kind of uh, grade it on like a curve. Is that four out of five stars? Um, I don't know. Yes, uh, that's exactly what I gave it. Four oh, out well, of five stars. So I don't know. Would that be eight out of ten, nine out of ten? I don't know. Yeah, what that would right. Be. Somewhere in that so, vicinity, eight, nine. Yeah, we'll say. You loved it we'll too. It it. Like. I did love it. And I think that this encapsulates Roddy Piper. Totally. This encapsulates like if you're going to show me a Roddy Piper match, like I know everybody loves the one versus Brett, but like this is what Piper was about in this match, like him coming out, getting that ultra heat that he got just by wearing like the other team's shirt and like spitting on the living legend Bruno San Martino, like hanging up the posters. Um, like this is like his body of work to me. This is what mm -hmm. he was great at. And like I said, I think that this is where he excels, like these brawling type matches, you know, because um he wasn't the greatest like technical wrestler, but like who cares? You know, because it's at the end of the day, it's about it's theater, man. It's yeah, entertainment. That's it. that's it. You know, with a mm -hmm. with a sport uh, you know, aspect to it. And I want to be invested and I was. Mm -hmm. and um yeah and hey i didn't cool, mention man. gorilla and jesse add to that rating for me they just 100%. help it they help this whole 100%. thing go work yeah so. we we talked about our love for those guys you know on end um jesse ventura like in life one of my heroes like i just think that dude is a brilliant guy and like doesn't get enough respect um and one of the greatest voice, probably the greatest voice ever in pro wrestling, in my opinion. So I'm with you. It definitely added to it. Do you remember his cameo in Batman and Robin? No. Batman. So um, what was the Batman and Robin? Or was it? Yeah, it was called with Batman Arnold? and Robin. Um, I believe so. He's a, he's like with a Mr. Freeze. Yeah, I think it's the Mr. Freeze one where he's in the. That uh, makes sense. So he's in the elevator. I think he's like a. Uh, like a, a guard a security guard or something i saw that mm -hmm. floating around recently i'm like oh yeah this oh, that's funny. that too it's kind of like how do you not send that to me come on bro I, i'll send it that's iconic and batman and wrestling come on yeah right and, and i try to i try to yeah i try to forget that movie so it was probably his buddy arnold 
Probably like, you know, probably like, yo, Jesse, you want to come be in this Batman movie? Yeah, that was so a great, that was a great definitely moment, though, on this tape. I love that match. That's Bruno and oh yeah, my favorite so far uh, out of the ones we went through. That was that was really good. I thought you would fight. love it. Obviously, yeah, it was once again like you said, like a threat, a struggle, you know, and uh, very enjoyable. All right, from there we're gonna head into. This is a big one because this is the WWF champion taking on the Intercontinental champion, which is like, how many times have you seen this happen in your life, John Boy? Well, you got it's Warrior not a, Hogan. Not a right? whole lot. I'm not yeah. going to count them in my head, but uh, not a lot. Maybe three, four tops. Yeah. So this was Bob Backlund defending the World Wrestling Federation Championship against the IC champion, Pat Patterson. In a uh, once again steel cage match, mm-hmm. Vince McMahon on commentary here. Solo, pretty cool. I think. Um, do you think this was Vince trying to begin like telling his story because like we're transitioning to Backlund now after Bruno? Do you think that maybe Papa Vince was like, "Hey, I need you to, you know, kind of get the fans behind this Bob Backlund." Yes. Or do you think or do you think it was as simple as I'm gonna give my kid this commentary joke? Uh a little bit of both, if I can just take the easy way out. I think Vince was certainly starting to plant the seeds. This was, you know, 1979 here. So Vince was still two, three years away from taking the company, getting the company. So uh we didn't quite have, you know, I'm sure Vince didn't have all the foresight to know that this would be his baby, but um I have to say, man, like with Backlund and Patterson, this, by the way, is the longest match we got on this tape, at least in terms of the length. We'll see if it translated to the best match for you. But um, the thing with Backlund is, you know, it doesn't get any white meat baby face than Bob Backlund. You know, it doesn't really. But he he did have, um, I guess, an appeal as a legitimate athlete, which helps you're not just being shoved down our face like a you know a baby face that can't hold his own. But what did you think about him in this kind of element? Because I think they said that he wasn't used to being in steel cage matches. He's unfamiliar with yep. them. Yeah. But what do you think about him in this setting? Yeah, they did mention that. Um, but once again, I feel like Backlund, um, we keep saying like uh, legitimate and stuff like that. Like he was a legit wrestler. So I think that... Um, I never questioned like his toughness, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so once again, before my time, like uh, by the time I started watching wrestling, Bob Backlund wasn't even around, uh, you know, until he came back in the nineties, whenever that was, uh, ninety one or oh, 90, ninety or whatever. Oh, right, early on, yeah, ninety two, maybe. Yeah, because he was, he was. I'm pretty sure he was in. Yeah, ninety two or ninety three. Because right? he was in the he was he in was, WrestleMania nine uh versus Razor. He was definitely in the ninety three rumble. Ninety three, yes. That. Let's call it ninety three. Because I remember, yeah, Flair and him were in there, and I was like popping cool. for that. Um, lots of cool uh entanglements in that one. Check it out, ninety three Royal Rumble. Um, so yeah, uh, like they mentioned, he wasn't like used to steel cage matches but i knew 
you know, when Backlund's involved, I'm never going to question his toughness. So I, and I'm, I'm a big Pat Patterson fan, as you guys know. Um, so I was looking forward to this one. Uh, both men, once again, busted open in this one. Saw a lot of, a lot of bleeding throughout these steel cage matches, which is, uh, you know, it makes sense in the confines of a steel cage. It's not like them just doing it, you know, on a random match on dynamite, John Moxley, but, <laughs> um, yeah, let's get into it a little bit. One thing, uh, not to pick on Bob Backham because you know, our boy Zern will roast me, but did you catch that? Did you catch that uh, atomic drop attempt? That yes. Just, yes. He completely. Just, he just kind of placed them on the mat. Just, yeah, just laid them down on the mat. Nice. Yeah. Um, but I still enjoyed it. Uh, the fighting on top of the cage, I thought was epic, dude. Like that really looked good. And like you said, um, we keep saying like the threat, you know, like I believe that, you know, Pat Patterson had a chance. Pat Patterson's a funny, a funny one. Cause um, like he was a back and forth guy. He was like, you know, cause one of my favorite, probably my favorite Pat Patterson matches against uh, Sergeant Slaughter, that like street fight that they had. And he's the good guy in that. Mm -hmm. And then like, He's the bad guy here. I just felt like he was kind of like a flip-flop guy. Mm -hmm. I obviously don't have the entire catalog of Pat Patterson. I wish that I did. But um, it was weird to uh, – I just never know when I, whenever I see him, like, if he's good or bad. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Yeah, he's uh, he's he's done both, I guess, a lot in this uh, late 70s era especially. But, yeah, the blood and the struggle, <clears throat> once again, that word. But – I thought they had a cool little back and forth with, you know, teasing, like who's going to get to the door mm -hmm. and, you know, sort of like, I guess, making you just have building the tension and, and the suspense, I guess, here. They did a good job with that. I just don't know if I believe that either one of them truly were the two best guys at that time. Like you have mm -hmm. a world champion versus an intercontinental champion. And to me, both, even in hindsight here, and I'll get heat for it, but like Bob Backlund doesn't translate for me. He never really did mm -hmm. as as the guy, as the champion. And and mm -hmm. I think he did his best work as a heel. So I should say, like this version of Bob Backlund, I think people either loved or didn't really take to. And no matter what I see from Bob Backlund, even a, a nice match like this. I just don't buy him as the guy, as the man. Um, it feels like a B plus plus player, so to speak. Like, what do you think about Bob as like the, the head of the table, so to speak, here in this one? Like, did you see him like your perception as as the champ of all champs? It's funny because like so, you know, we're watching this stuff after the fact retrospectively. So like you you know, didn't witness Bruno San Martino growing up. Obviously, he was retired by the time you started watching wrestling, but you've gone back and you've gone back and watched these Coliseum home videos and stuff like that. And you can see this is a question. Can you see Bruno as like that guy? Do yeah, his appeal. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. I see you're like, appeal. oh, this makes this makes sense to me. He looks like, like the man who owns the joint. He he looks mm -hmm. like he deserves it and belongs there. Yeah. 
but you don't get that same thing with Backlund. I don't. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I've definitely become more of a Bob Backlund fan than I was. Uh, I'll tell you one thing, bud. He beat your favorite wrestler of all time for the World Wrestling Federation title. So, <laughs> I mean, what, what's, what's that tell you, pal? But this was due to Owen's dastardly deeds. I can't really. That is true. I can't give him true. the full, uh, you know. What a what a great moment, by the way, him crying. <laughs> he had but, me. I mean, it's funny because, like, it's hard when you go back and stuff because uh, we've seen it all now as wrestling fans. And, like, Backlund isn't on, like, my favorite top ten list. You know what I mean? But I do like Bob Backlund and I do enjoy him. Um, my one buddy, Troy is older than me. And I asked him like, cause I, you know, he grew up during that time, you know? And I was like, you know, did you was backland like that dude? He was like, Oh my God, I love that backland. So like, mm. maybe it's a thing where like you had to be in the moment. Um, Bruno sure changed our minds. So I don't know. I'm definitely a Bob backland fan. Bruno looked. Saying, Bruno uh, looked tough. Yeah. To Bruno yeah. looked like uh, a man's man. Bob Backlund. I I think he just looked too boy like, like a boy, like childlike. Yeah, yeah. He just looked like yep. a childlike in a in a big boy fight to me, and that's that's yeah. no disrespect, but it is disrespect, I guess. Um, well, I mean, not really. You're 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 just you know vocalizing your opinion. I I know what you're saying. Like Bruno looked like the badass dad. You know what I mean? That would whip your ass. You know I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's like, you know, you can see him telling David, like, you can get as big as you want. You're never <laughs> going to be big enough, you know, to to try me. But um, <laughs> Backlund did like, you know, he looked like a younger guy, like, you know, that baby face thing. But when he got in the ring, like he did kick ass. He was a strong dude, mm -hmm. um, really strong. Like he would do crazy stuff. Like when you go back and watch like his uh suplexes and picking guys up from off the mat like just mm -hmm. core strength you know um but yeah i mean i can i can see where you're coming from for sure i mean look he's 29 or so years old in this match 28 29 so like i say this stuff about like mjf sometimes even though i think he's just gone completely off the rails i don't know if i'll ever really take him seriously again but i always said like in five to seven years like when he's like 35 and more grizzled and like Looks more because like I did really like go to 1993 with Bob Backlund there a little older, but like he did look like a tough SOB with a little more wisdom in his face and like the heel antics. It's just this young Bob like Backlund hair. cut the hair. The yeah. young Bob Backlund that was presented as like, you know, the good old boy baby face champion, even in this brutal type of uh, atmosphere in a cage match. I don't know, man. I don't. We talked about threats on this whole episode, and I don't feel like Bob mm -hmm. Backlund was a legitimate threat in a fight like this. In an amateur wrestling mm -hmm. match, he'll take them all down. But like, sure. I don't know. Maybe that's why he was uh, avoided the steel cages. They said he was unfamiliar with them. But yeah, I mean, and back then too, like it was different. Like they would give guys, you know, the world title who were you know, actual wrestlers, you know, like, um, and he was an actual wrestler. Like he was an amateur wrestler, like, you know, Jerry Briscoe, Jack Briscoe, um, you know, guys that were actual shooters. So maybe mm -hmm. that was, uh, Vince's Vince seniors thinking when he put the belt on him. And 
Bruno also needed a break. Let's be honest. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I'm sure that took into account, you know, like if we're being honest, like if Bruno never wants time off, does Backlund ever become the dude? You know what I mean? So, um, well, he had a long run. Speaking of it, Bob Backlund had a long he run. He did. He did. And like, I don't know. I do like Bob Backlund. I can see what you're saying, but I do think that he was a tough dude and he could hold his own. So whenever there's like an amateur background involved, I kind of, you have more like believability to me, you know, I'm like, this dude could stretch you whenever he wants, you know? So maybe that's why I'm a little. I'm trying to just, you're trying to just uh, shout out Chad Gable on this show right now. You're just trying to get your <laughs> yeah. Chad Gable loving. Nah, I gave up on that dream long ago. <laughs> Um, um yeah so what do you think overall what's your rating uh, uh when push came to shove um i thought the ending was pretty cool once again like the struggle uh backland um you know kicks him and he's like patterson grabs onto his legs and he's like trying to get away from him and then he yeah, finally like kicks him off and he falls backwards which i thought was neat you know once again was neat. um I think there were a lot of cool endings on this tape for a lot of the steel cage matches. And in this one with that ending, you know, where my, my mind went, I was like, Oh, Patterson totally thought of that ending. Like 100%. He was like, yeah, you can, you know, you'll kick me and you go out on your back. Like I can mm -hmm. totally hear him explaining it. Uh, who knows? Pat Patterson's my boy. Overall, mm -hmm. I gave this a seven out of 10. Nice. Okay. I'm a little less than five and a half out of 10. Didn't hate it. Mm -hmm. I think I, I mean, I got a lot of love for Patterson and I do got a love for Backlund. It's just, I don't, I already explained how I feel about him. Five and a half out of 10. I think they got away from like, after they got away from that, like keep, they kept going for the, the door. They kept going for the steel cage door. And once they got into more of like the, the fight aspect and Backlund did get a little aggressive at the end with laying them boots in. So five and a half out of 10, not my favorite match on this tape, but Still not bad. All right. We got one more. And it is from WrestleMania 2 from Los Angeles, California. It is Hulk Hogan taking on King Kong Bundy. In progress. Now this is, once again, in progress. The commentary team for this one, Jesse the Body Ventura, Lord Alfred Hayes, and Elvira. <laughs> that's right elvira ladies well you and gotta tell these people who elvira is because i mean i'm sure some don't know well if you don't know who elvira is i mean you probably are living under a rock i don't i don't mm. feel like i need to explain myself john mm. well the, the 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 i don't even know what her nickname is the mistress of, of the night is that what she calls herself of the dark mistress of the dark she is a voluptuous lady um who was big into horror movies um i don't know you got any she was just a a, a, a a good looking witch looking woman from the 80s that crossed into pop culture still I think... still looks great by the way she's like 70 oh yeah she looks incredible 
but in the eighties was at, you know, the peak of this, this popularity, which in the eighties, it was interesting what got over and what didn't. I mean, you had Mr. T on one side, you had Elvira, like the, the things that got so popular in eighties pop culture. So interesting. And this was one that stuck with her, like her humor and charm, I guess. So with the dark horror one, aspect. Also one thing that never goes out of style, John is big boobs. Oh yeah. That's the one thing. So let's, let's just, let's just be honest. That's not going to go out of style. Yeah, I forgot about that. So, Elvira. And they're doing commentary for the main event of WrestleMania 2. Vince loved infusing the celebs. I actually um, really like when someone like Elvira is on commentary because, like, she's like, oh, my God. Like, he's Mm -hmm. bleeding, you know? Like, I, it's like watching with... uh, someone that doesn't normally watch wrestling and they're like, Oh my God, like, is he really hurt? You know? Yeah. So I enjoyed that more than I thought I would rewatching this, like her reaction. And then she made a funny comment too, uh, with Bondi. She's like, Oh, I, I might like get hungry or something like from seeing blood. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you caught that. I heard but they I get, yeah. Funny. Hilarious. Um, yeah. Uh, so you know, once again, join in progress. Um, Bundy hits the big avalanche in the corner, which was one of his signature maneuvers. It was like a running, like body. What would you call that? Uh, avalanche, yeah, like body a splash. Press into yeah, into the corner, and the Hulkster. He didn't even feel it, brothers. Ain't got time he came for that. Out, he he started shaking that, shaking that head. He whipped him in. Hit him with a big body slam. Mm-hmm. This uh, 458 pounder King Kong Bundy, the big body slam from the Hulkster. Um, yeah, man, Bundy up. He gets kicked down. Hogan starts to climb over the cage. The Weasel, the yeah. Brain, Bobby Heenan, Weasel's ringside. Yeah. He's in there. Uh, he's trying to keep him in. Bundy gets up. He goes over to the cage. He's trying to get Hulkster down. Hulkster hits him with the big right hand. Finally, Hulk climbs over the top of the cage. Bundy's heading to the door, though. It's a race. And your hero, the real American, Hulk Hogan, able mm-hmm. to get to the ground. He lands. He retains the World Wrestling Federation Championship in a steel cage match. The first uh, blue steel cage that we saw. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know state. ever, but... For sure on this tape yeah i'm not so, sure uh, if it was the first one ever but you know to see it here on this tape was a nice way to end it I, I i don't love when they take matches from events and put them on these coliseum videos i love the uh hidden gems that we get so yep, this one yep. we kind of i knew the result obviously i knew it like the back of my hand and the commentary yep. even I, I knew that stuff it was cool though to just relive it for a minute. We'll probably review WrestleMania 2 at some point in its entirety. So, you know, I won't go too too much into the match. Plus, this was joined in progress. But what I will say is it's an iconic visual. Like Bundy and Hogan with the blue cage behind them when I was a kid, that VHS was like, you know always in the west coast video or the blockbuster like it was an iconic visual to see these guys and bobby the brain Heenan. this is this is just the heyday of the wwf so i always love oh yeah just dipping in even if it's for a quick little in progress match and this is the main event of wrestlemania too you had all the celebrities there and i gotta say with elvira on commentary like 
it's cool how serious it was presented back then because there was like no being in on it in air quotes i'm doing right now like or doing the tongue-in-cheek like nowadays like they say we know wrestling's fake and we know it's like cheesy and they actually present it as such like you got guys like adam cole and mjf like being like sort of ironic and silly and then the crowd mm. just is in on it like everybody's in on it now but back then it was like they presented it as real even someone like alvira was like oh oh my god oh like watch out like it yeah. was really cool just to see it again and it was presented as a shoot and it helped the viewing experience i think because when you we said it at the top when you treat it like a joke i'm going to perceive it as such they perceived they they presented it as serious and that's how I perceived it. And that's that's it. Yep. I I, uh, I want to get your ratings and whatnot, but um I do I do want to ask you a couple questions after the you know after we wrap it up on this match. I want to ask you a couple questions too. Did you notice Ricky Schroeder at ringside? Oh, that was he was another one, yes. Did you I, notice? Yeah, celebrities Ricky Schroeder of uh of Silver Spoon fame. And did so after the match, the Hulkster brings in Bobby the Brain Heenan. He's finally got the weasel inside the steel cage. And did you notice the brain trying to blade? Yes. So he gets thrown into the cage. Bobby <laughs> tries to blade and fails. Yep. So after he throws him into the cage, he eventually atomic drops him. Bobby falls out of the ring. He's still trying to blade. After Sicko. he's out of the ring, you yeah, you have to rewatch this if you haven't seen it. And he just doesn't get the juice. He's probably better like, off. <laughs> probably better bro, off. Like he tried so hard. Yeah. You could almost see him too. He's like, throw me in the cage to Hogan. And he throws him in the cage. And Bobby's trying, man. And then he gets atomic dropped out of the ring. He's laying down. He's still <laughs> like, trying to get the juice. Trying going. to get that blood, man. But no dice and it abruptly ends we don't even get the hulkster posing nah it's just on. rolling in the credits brother so uh, give me your yeah. questions well let's rate the, let's rate this one and i'm gonna i just had a couple questions on the total tape on the whole okay sure tape. so overall i gave us a four out of ten i've seen okay. this match a bunch i'm with you i always want you know those hidden gems you know mm -hmm. that we we don't normally get to see i because i want to appreciate stuff you know more than i do so yeah so with What'd me um this i can't give it an incomplete obviously but if we were rating the whole match i'm just going to tell you now i like this match in its entirety like i like it to the point of like a six and a half out of ten probably as a main event of wrestlemania 2 which is crazy but um with this incomplete version, I, I mean, I'll go like four, four, four and a half out of 10, just because I'm not yeah. getting the full dosage, but always nice to see the brain out there. Hogan little dip into that era, which I love so much. Um, but yeah, that's what I gave you for that match. I wanted to ask yeah, you, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, unfortunately, that was kind of like the theme of this Kyle Sam home video. It was a lot of incomplete stuff, you know, like, and the WWE obviously has come a long way as far as like production and stuff and their distribution of um, home videos and specials and all that stuff. And like, it was just a bummer that we didn't get to see like full matches in my opinion. Yeah. 
the tape runs an hour and a half or so, and this is what they did. They chopped some matches up just to, to, to cram them all in there. But I want to ask you, much like uh, TNA's, uh, sh- what's that pay-per-view called? Lockdown. We got an all-steel cage tape. Do you like these tapes where it's themed, like where you get all one thing, or did you kind of get sick of the cage match? Um. I would say I'd rather have like a mix of stuff, but that being said, like I enjoyed this tape a lot. Like even though they were all steel cage matches, um, it's not something I would want. Like I hate the Hell in a Cell pay per view <laughs> premium live event. Sorry, like that you know, there's two or three different mm. Hell in a Cells. I think that's silly. TLC. I think it takes away from like yeah, like it takes away from the special feeling of those matches you know um but on this tape i uh also i knew what i was getting into it's called inside the steel cage (laughs) right right um and also the talent involved like i loved a lot of these guys so like you know it was just hit after hit for me i'm like oh man cool like Andre two in a row and then you know we got macho and adrian donis as a team like that's awesome so normally to answer your question i'd i'd prefer you know a mix but for this, I did. I, I enjoyed it. Cool. Yeah. So I, go ahead. How about you? As far as like, would you prefer like, you know, a bunch of different matches or did you mind all the steel cage matches? I do like the potpourri when we get to class, the uh, Coliseum videos. I like a little mixture. And I also like the backstage or offsite stuff where we usually mm-hmm. get, you know, a guy. Yeah at a saloon or out in the wilderness, fill in the blank, some kind of weird stuff like that. I'm just a sucker for that kind of stuff. This one, we barely saw Gorilla and Johnny D. Yeah. We fell in love all over again with Jimmy Hart just by doing this because of all the crunch classic. I think it was. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that. Like the, we need those like offset stuff you know or you know the little vignettes or what have you even the backstage in the control room i like to see a little bit more of that because i like the little interactions between gorilla and valiant or whether it's gene or so that was kind of lacking from the tape it was straight match after match in terms of cage match after cage match so it got a little daunting i guess towards the end especially when i realized we were going in progress with the with some of the matches um but yeah, I think we'll, we'll get into our overall thoughts of the the tape. I'm sure now. And also, um, you know the the last match is one that we've seen a dozen times, right? Like it's mm-hmm. it's from WrestleMania to we know the ending. Like because a lot of these matches I never saw before. I saw maybe clips of you know. Um, so it was it's always nice to you know it's like watching a movie and knowing the ending. You know what's the point? Right. So exactly. like. Um, with a lot of these, I didn't know the ending and I was surprised by some, you know. So uh one thing we like to do on Coliseum Classics as we review these tapes is our star of the tape. So I gotta ask you, brother, who's your star of the tape for the World Wrestling Federation's inside the steel cage? All right, so this was tough because uh there's so many candidates to be the star of the tape for me. You could go so many different directions. I won't rattle off the names because I don't want to steal your thunder or steal your heat. But <clears throat> let's just say this was down to three guys for me. And I deducted points 
from one, which gave me the full star. No surprise. Rowdy Roddy Piper. Oh. Star of the tape. I think he gave me the best experience watching a match. I think he was the big a big reason why the match was so great with Bruno. I think you said it best. If you're going to pick out a couple Piper matches, this has got to be plucked as one you would show a non-Piper fan. And uh, he really stood out. That? Yeah, it's, it's, it's cool. Like, right? who would have thought that, you know, we're talking about Rowdy Piper one day, and I'm like, hey, man, you ever see the steel cage match with Rowdy Piper against Bruno? Like, would you <laughs> ever think, you know, it, it's so good, man. So good. So, yeah, I go with Piper, and it was really difficult between him and two other gentlemen. But who'd you have as a star of the team? Well, one of the other gentlemen must be the true star of the tape, that living legend, Bruno San Martino. Yeah. I mean, that was because where I was at, but I deducted points for no selling. That's the uh, uh, <laughs> I should deduct points for Piper bleeding in, for, in plain sight, but I couldn't do it. They were, He was a star. Well, listen, you know, sometimes our favorites, you know, they're going to always get a, a little more, you know, Love a couple more points to push yeah. him over the top. Um, Heist. I thought Bruno was the star of the tape. I think if you, uh, it's funny how much he was featured on this tape, like he was in a lot, he of was the legit star like, of the tape, right? Yeah, like crazy. Like, I, w- I wouldn't have expected that going in, you know. Like, did you want to crown Macho? Like, I mean, I know that's your boy. I mean, he stood out in this match. Uh, that, as well. that was my favorite match overall, mm-hmm. that tag match. Um, but I'm a broadcast journalist. I got to keep it real. Mm. Just like on No Sold when I said the greatest professional wrestler of all time is Brett the Hitman Hart. I got to keep it real here. Star of this <laughs> one, Inside the Steel Cage, the living legend, Bruno San Martino. Johnny goes with the rowdy one, Rowdy Piper. Hard to go against Piper, one of the all-time greats. So, hey, they're both in the same match. That's that's the match of the tape. If I could throw awesome. that in there, best best single best singles match too, in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. I just like the tag match because I obviously Macho's involved. Right, I get it. So, um, you got anything before we head out? Well, um, obviously, you're going to tell the listeners what we got next week. But before we do that, I want to say that, you know, with the Coliseum videos, it reignites your love for wrestling uh, for for me. It reignites my love for wrestling. It, it reminds me why I love it, why I cherish those glory days, if you will, the golden years, the golden era, 85 to 95. Those are tough to beat for me. And right here, we were right in that 85 era ish with this inside the steel cage. So I'm excited with the rest of the Coliseums to go through those golden years so overall let's get back to business we gotta grade this thing overall what'd you give it john boy overall this was a conglomerate of steel cage matches if i could use that word a uh a nice collection of steel cage matches so you get it's a little redundant i guess but even still I'm a nice, solid 7 out of 10. Wow. 7 out of 10. I would say to go back and watch this tape, there's some that are going to be skippable, but this one, you're going to see Andre dropping top rope Bonze drops. You're going to see Bruno rub elbows with Macho Man and Piper. And the Piper matches, 
actually legitimately good to the point where it holds up to this very day. You're going to see a lot of cool interactions. Seven out of 10, I would say it's a good one. What do you got? You know, that's a good point, too, about the Bruno Piper match. I think I agree. Like, if you put that on, you know, this Monday, this Wednesday, whatever show you watch, like Friday, um, wrestling's on every day, I guess now, right? <laughs> but I do I do agree. I think that still holds up, you know, like like we say, like the the battle of good and evil, it never goes out of style. And like who that that who's better than those two guys to represent good and bad, you know, like so hardly no one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, overall I didn't go as high as you. I did enjoy it. I gave it a six out of ten. Uh for me, the lack of full matches kind of um brought it down for me i think instead of i say this all the time with like current wrestling like pay-per-views or premium live events um if you just give me a few things in full and focus on that i'd rather that than like just a bunch of jumbled stuff up so everybody gets on the card you know um i think the hogan match was like unnecessary I get it. Mm -hmm. He's Hulk Hogan. Right. At the time, they're probably trying to sell videotapes and they get to put Hulk Hogan on the cover of that videotape. Yeah. Little do you um, know, you're going to get just two minutes of that match at the end. Right. You're going to get a lot more Bruno than you think exactly. you are of Hogan, you know? Yeah. And good for you because Bruno excelled on this tape. And like we said about the, uh, the Piper and Bruno match, man, like I think that that's a match that I would show people to be like this is roddy piper it's a classic you know so yeah for sure and overall like super enjoyable like we said this is where our love lies like in pro wrestling this is why um we love pro wrestling for these reasons these characters um and the struggle of good versus evil and the uh you know the showmanship and the pageantry and pageantry, the sport yes. too it's just a it's just a great mix and um this tape certainly showcases that. So you got anything before we get out of here, John? No, I'm excited to look at bashed into the bashed in the USA. I'm excited to review that one next week and relive another awesome time in pro wrestling. Don't know what we're going to get. I don't like to peek ahead. I don't want to look at the back of the tape. I want to just push play, get it going and be surprised. So I think it'll be fun. Looking I'm with you and like you know we go into these things blind so we don't look up the matches we just you know let it come as it comes and then we we review them and discuss them and we don't talk about them previously so this is all our genuine thoughts and feelings on this stuff so we hope that you guys will join us next time for Bashed in the USA for John host of No Solder Wrestling Podcast my name's Duke this has been Coliseum Classics, and that's the tale of the tape.